It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. There is an ultra-right MAGA um, contention in this country that wants to overthrow the U.S. government. It is a danger to our democracy. It is a danger to our way of life. The MAGA movement is a threat. The extremists that we're dealing with every single day, we've got to kill and confront that movement. Clearly, you know, this is a, um, literally, Call to arms. Obviously, Republicans, I think, are the biggest threat to democracy. We don't separate right-wing extremists and Republican Party anymore. I see this as a party, uh, a MAGA party, that uh, no longer is confident that they can win elections with votes. And so now they're seeking to enact their political will through violence. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent. Today's GOP is no longer a political movement. It is a fascist movement. And this is why it could be more dangerous than 1860 or the 1930s. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms. Maybe now it is all about the violence. It all is about an insurrection. It all is in, in his mind about a civil war. It feels like we are not just at the brink of a civil war, but that one has already begun. The fact that it, the, the base is getting smaller, it makes it more dangerous in a lot of ways because those are the people who are willing to do things like take up arms and, and press the questions that lead to, press the questions and tactics that lead to civil war. This is someone who held that office who was basically saying to Americans, there should be civil war. Look at what he's doing last night, as you know, that you know, more or less salutes that are either QAnon or almost look like Nazism. You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour, and you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. These crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms. Yes, it is a call to arms. And you can see, can you not, how dangerous things are becoming? That's a combination of media and politicians talking about Republicans being, uh, what? Fill in the blank. Insurrectionists. Uh, we hate democracy. We want to overturn the government. We want to stop uh, elections. We are evil and wicked. And that's being repeated every day for your friends and your neighbors. It's a fulfillment of what we talked about about six weeks ago, probably about how the left takes a group of people that they hate and demonizes them and then dehumanizes them and then feel free to attack them. And I, I here's the bad news. If you are a person, if you're a pastor, if you're a neighbor, if you're a Bible study teacher and you've not been involved in politics and you think that you're like home free, you're wrong about that. It won't matter. 
you will have to bend the knee to the full plate of left woke ideology in order to escape the wrath. So you're going to have to choose, choose what you believe and where you're going to be. There is no safe place to go unless you want to deny your faith and the truth. And so um, with that, you know, remember that the FBI just stormed the, the, the house of Mark Houck, the Catholic pro-life speaker in Pennsylvania, uh, with his seven children watching, screaming. They came with, what, I think, with their 20, 25 agents. And he's supposed to appear in court today. Is The charges on him, remember, were something that happened at a clinic, a, a pro-life clinic, where he goes I th- weekly. I'm not sure how many, how many days. Uh, and uh, stands outside. And he took his 12-year-old son with him, and the activist there uh, was harassing with vulgar, <clears throat> vulgar accusations the 12-year-old son. And it was uh, Mark pushed the, the protester and said, you don't, you don't have permission to talk to my son that way, but he wouldn't stop. So that's what this is all about. It was adjudicated already. The Thomas More Society, my friend Tom Brecca, who's been my guest so many times, uh, they have notified the DOJ that the FACE Act, that's the act passed back in the 90s, I think it was, uh, to set a, a limit on how close you could get to abortion clinics uh, without, you know, being, there's a line they draw. You can only, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> the idea is that you don't get too close to harassing the girls going into the clinic. And so, by the way, did I tell you this is Sandy Rios? <laughs> Sorry, shot out of a cannon this morning for a number of reasons, and uh, there's so much information that I want to give to you, really important stuff, so I'm just praying for clarity. Okay, so hang with me here. So Mark is going to be in in his family home. The FBI raided him, what, over the weekend? Maybe it was Sunday. I'm not sure. He's been in jail. He's appearing before the, uh, where, the court, and uh, Thomas Moore has already told the DOJ that the FACE Act, the one that limits access by footage, does not cover one-on-one altercations like the one involving Hulk. Remember, they they dismissed the charges, but the DOG dug real deep and are going back because they want to prosecute it again. And uh, according to the Thomas More Society, rather than accepting Mark Hauk's offer to appear voluntarily, the Biden Department of Justice chose to make an unnecessary show of potentially deadly force, sending 20 heavily armed federal agents to the Hauk residence at dawn this past Friday. In threatening form, after nearly breaking down the family's door, at least five agents pointed guns at Mark's head and arrested him in front of his wife and seven young children who were terrified that their husband and father would be shot dead before their eyes. This is tyranny. This is tyranny. And we have to recognize it. You've got to, your heart has to beat faster. You've got to awaken. You've got to awaken and understand what's at stake here. That's why, listen, when I talk about an election, that sounds so milk toast. But honestly, peacefully, that's our only recourse if we do not get out and vote in droves. And you might have to hold your nose and vote for some of these candidates. But you cannot elect a Democratic leftist. You can't because they will destroy. You will never vote again and you will never be free again unless you move to a, an island somewhere and buy it. But, um, okay, so that's not the only thing, of course, that happened. You may remember, those of you that have been listening to me for a long time, you might remember that I read um, portions of a letter from a prisoner in the J6 jail. Uh, 
they were so moving. It was around Easter time, and he was talking about Jesus' sacrifice and the lamb. It was so eloquent. It was a beautiful letter, and uh, he has been writing to someone I know really well, good friend, listener to the show, and good friend of mine, and that's how I knew about these letters, and I read them to you as a way of our celebrating Easter. It was just beautiful. Well, it turns out that guy that wrote that letter was Kyle Fitzsimmons. Uh, He's a butcher. He was a butcher from Maine, Uh, and he has been on trial. He's been in jail since, uh, what, um, February February of 2021. He's been in that jail, uh, away from his small daughter, who he loves so much. He talked about her in in his letter. And uh, yesterday, uh, he was convicted on all counts, and I want to give you some background on this. I don't want you to think, well, what did he do? We're going to talk about what he did or didn't do. And I want to give you just first of all, this is the report out of Maine. Uh, they're not friends of Kyle's, and this is how they reported it. Clip seven. Clip two. This means war. During the four-day that trial, is where we voluminous are. video we are and photo evidence showed the people. violent acts of hundreds of rioters, including Kyle Fitzsimons. In a four-minute spree at the Capitol's Western Terrace entrance, Fitzsimons assaulted three individual officers who testified against him and brawled with others. After the melee, video captured Fitzsimons, his head bloodied, retreating through the crowd. He urged others to join the fight, introducing himself. Fitzsimons drove to Washington alone in his pickup truck, wore his white butcher coat with his name sewn on front. He attended the pro-Trump Stop the Steal rally, hoping to stop Congress from certifying Joe Biden's victory. And then he marched to the Capitol, carrying an unstrung wooden bow he would throw as a spear at officers. He was seen helping others get closer to the Capitol building, and he breached the grounds for 45 minutes, seen here from above at the Arrow as he exited. Judge Rudolph Contreras said Mr. Fitzsimons may have only played a small part in the civil disorder that day, but he was an active participant. The judge finding Fitzsimons guilty of civil disorder, obstructing an official proceeding, and of assaulting officers, as well as entering disorderly conduct and physical violence on restricted grounds and disorderly conduct and physical violence inside the Capitol. Fitzsimons is now one of 18 January 6th defendants found guilty at trial. His sentencing is scheduled for next February. In Westbrook, Phil Hirschkorn, WMTW News. All right, so uh, that's what they say, but not so much inside the courtroom, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, let me just read this paragraph to you from a news article. We'll give you an idea of the attitude uh, of condemnation for really basically nothing. Prosecutors showed that Fitzsimmons posted a notice on a local Facebook page seeking fellow Maine residents to join him on a trip to Washington. And he left three voicemails on a state congressman's office phone challenging him to contest the results of the 2020 presidential election. Fitzsimmons attended the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th and walked down to the Capitol. That, in their mind, is criminal. And so that's part of what the charges are. By the way, they say they keep emphasizing he wore his personalized butcher's coat. That offends them. I guess that they were trying to, you know, infer that he is a butcher. Uh, he's a wicked person. They show a still picture of his face. He's walking into the Capitol. What they don't explain is he's just been bloodied by a policeman. He's been maced. He can't see. So the look on his face is is bad. And that's what they blow that up, and that's the face they always show. So that's Kyle Fitzsimmons, the guy that wrote that beautiful Easter missive with my friend. 
uh, that we shared and worshiped together with uh, around that last Easter. That's Kyle Fitzsimmons, the terrible person that he is. But that's not all. It turns out that at the trial, now this is really a twist, okay? He goes into the trial, and his, uh, he's asked for a trial, not for the jury, but just for the judge. And he has uh, um, an attorney defending him who is a black female public defender. Her name is Natasha Taylor Smith. And she's, uh, you know, she's not a conservative. But the officer that claimed that Kyle maimed him, caused him to have surgery, caused him to have to retire permanently, he's one of the officers, let's see, I've got his name here, He's one of the officers that appeared before the January 6th committee and cried. Do you remember that? And they made him out to be a hero. They gave him a medal. Yeah, so uh, what happened on the on the witness stand kind of was a little bit different because as Natasha, the black public defender, was grilling this officer, the real truth came out. Let's listen. Clip one. So I was there and I witnessed what most Americans never got to witness, which is an actual January 6th hearing where there's two sides and where there's cross-examination. And what I witnessed was the defense attorney, uh, she was actually a public defender and a Democrat, so that made it even more shocking, cross-examine Sergeant Gunnell and literally prove that he committed perjury on many different occasions. So um, one of the charges against Fitzsimmons that you mentioned is assaulting a police officer. Sergeant Gunnell is retired from the police because he says that Fitzsimmons injured his arm and he can no longer work for the police. It turns out that the video that was shown in court by this public defender, Natasha Taylor Smith, showed that Fitzsimmons actually never touched Gunnell's shield like, like Gunnell's story says. He swore under oath that Gunnell, I mean, that Fitzsimmons touched his shield, which pulled his shoulder and made it impossible for him to work again as a Capitol Police officer. And uh, she played video. She still framed it. She played it in slow motion. And Gunnell... His shield was never touched by Fitzsimmons. So according to the defense attorney, the uh, government did not meet its burden of proof when it came to, comes to convicting this man of assaulting Sergeant Cannell. Right. He was very nasty to the woman, very disrespectful, told her to get her story straight. Whenever she asked him a yes or no question, like, Sergeant Cannell, do you see his hand on your shield? Yes or no? He would resort to his media talking points that he's trained to just spit out from being a witness on the quote-unquote January 6th committee of how he's a hero, how he was there to protect the president, the vice president, uh, the, the the people who were in power, the senators. And he went into this whole soliloquy. She kept asking the judge, can you please ask the witness to just answer the question, is his hand on the shield or not? He wouldn't admit that it wasn't on the shield, but he fi finally started to change his story and say, well, he pulled my shoulder strap then. It was my shoulder strap that he pulled. Uh, he didn't. Maybe he didn't touch my shield. So his testimony just kept changing. And now not only did she prove that he lied about that, she's also contested the fact, uh, his story, that he saved another fellow officer. So by yeah. showing other videos, she proved that more than likely he didn't do that either. That was Kara Castronova who's been following all of this. Let me just, uh, guys, hold a break just for a second here. So there's a second officer who claimed that Kyle attacked them, and that's uh, Police Sergeant Husson Nguyen. Uh, it's uh, and this so this article that's not friendly to Kyle says video surrounding the assault on D.C. Police Sergeant Fusan Nguyen was less clear. Nguyen testified that while he was battling with rioters, Fitzsimmons reached over and pulled Nguyen's mask gas mask off briefly, long enough for another rioter to spray Nguyen with some sort of chemical spray before Fitzsimmons snapped the mask back on Nguyen's face, trapping the chemical irritant inside. That's the accusation. 
But Contreras, the judge, agreed with the defense attorney, Natasha Taylor Smith, again, a black public defender, defending Kyle. And so Contreras agreed with Natasha Taylor Smith that Fitzsimmons could not be clearly seen touching Wynn in the video. Uh, and also that Fitzsimmons had just been sprayed with chemicals and that Wynn initially told the FBI the man in a, that a man in a gray jacket was the one who had grabbed his mask. But nevertheless, Contreras convicted Fitzsimmons of the assault on Wynn, but said that the charge could not be enhanced for causing bodily injury. Well, how nice of him to do that. And so um, it sounds like Natasha did an incredible job of defending. This is another thing the, ju the judge says. Mr. Fitzsimmons' fervent belief in the lies he was told about the election is truly shocking. And some of the blame lies with the people who spread those lies. And then he said, incredibly, he convicted him on all 11 charges. The judge says, says uh, Fitzsimmons may have only played a small part, but he was an active participant whose presence and violent interference with law enforcement officers prolonged the insurrection and delayed Congress's certification of the Electoral College vote that day. You could start the music, guys. I just, um, you can see how twisted. Uh, D.C. is a different world. They view the world differently than we do. They don't, they honestly, to be honest with you, they are ignorant. Supreme Court judges are ignorant. Judges, they are ignorant. They look at the Washington Post. They read the New York Times. They read the propaganda. They see it on television that you see. They don't hear what I'm telling you. And when they do, they don't want to touch it because, you know, they would be, you know, outside, you know, the norm. Uh, and it would be bad for them professionally if they actually did something about it. This judge uh, has a... He should be ashamed of himself because he just convicted a guy in all 11 counts that was, was not guilty and has been away from his family almost two years, his children. This is horrible. This is horrible. It's an injustice, and I'm just praying that God will sort this out. I know he will, uh, but it may take some time. All right, I'll be right back. Lots more stuff. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Fall share is coming October 11th through 13th, and it's an opportunity for you to partner with us as we bless listeners with God's truth and love. We are listeners from Central Florida, and I just wanted to say that we appreciate the ministry of AFR, and we're also so very thankful for Sandy Rios in the morning. And no matter how discouraging the news may be, Sandy always points her listeners to faith in God. You at AFR call us all together in Christ. Thank you for being servants to all of us. Through listener support by the grace of God, AFR has ministered to listeners across the country for more than 40 years. My relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ wouldn't be the same without AFR. Fall share is coming October 11th through the 13th. I so appreciate everything that AFR does, is, stands for. Thanks for your support during share If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, 
And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Valerie Klusterman was a physician's assistant at Michigan Health for 17 years. Not once was she subjected to discipline. On the contrary, she was honored with stellar performance reviews. In 2021, she was ordered by Michigan Health to complete a training module. It contained statements about sexual orientation and gender identity. And that was a problem because Valerie is a Christian, a member of the United Reformed Church. So she refused to check boxes affirming a statement that she believed to be false. Valerie was summoned to HR where she was grilled about whether she would use someone's preferred pronouns and whether she would refer patients for gender reassignment surgery. Valerie said she could not do so because of her religious beliefs. That decision cost Valerie her job. First Liberty Institute now represents Valerie. They say Michigan Health violated the Constitution, and if she doesn't get her job back, they plan to file a lawsuit. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The January 6th committee has postponed a hearing originally scheduled for Wednesday. Heads of the committee said in an official statement they decided to delay the hearing because of Hurricane Ian, which is expected to hit Florida's Gulf Coast around Wednesday. The panel also said they will soon announce a new date for the hearing. All right, so that was happening today. The January 6th committee was, you know, doing part two, the fall series of, uh, you know, persecuting American citizens. It's just uh, horrendous. And so I, I, can, I kind of view that as an act of God. Honestly, I do. Because they gave us their reason that there was a hurricane. And, you know, they're in D.C., so the hurricane's not going to be hitting D.C. as far as we know. They'll probably have some rain. Uh, but this is what they're really worried about. They're worried that, well, gee, the news networks just want to talk about the hurricane and they won't follow the J6 trial and people won't see it. So they have uh, canceled it and uh, they went on to further discuss that they're not sure when they could reschedule it because things are getting really tight with the election coming up. And wouldn't that be just too bad? Well, we call hurricanes and storms acts of God and they are and so I just, ha- I do find myself wondering if this is purposeful. I'll take it. Uh, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. So I'm thanking the Father of lights for that cancellation. I want to follow up for a second on that uh, Officer Gunnell uh, that uh, lied, the cried before the J6 committee about how Kyle Fitzsimmons and others, you know, 
um, caused him to have all this shoulder injury and that he had to resign his post. He can never be a policeman again. As he wept, he tells them this. And and then, of course, in the courtroom, uh, um, uh, Natasha Taylor Smith points out with the video that uh, Kyle didn't even come near you. He didn't even touch you. Unfortunately for you, no matter where we, how we show this from whatever angle, he did not touch you. Uh, I think he touched his strap. That's wrong. I got to tell, get it right. He touched a little strap, just touched. And that's all you can see in the video. So uh, Natasha is grilling this officer. And now we know, now we know something else. The reason he was so dogged about this is he's writing a book. He's got a book deal. It's called An American Treason, How One Immigrant Saved Democracy. Except at that courtroom, he completely broke down because his, he's lying. He's lying. He was lying for the J6 committee. He was lying about Kyle Fitzsimmons. And so maybe, you know, but of course, they, you may never know that. The, the trials are not allowed to be uh, made public. And so how are we going to know? How are people going to know about this? He might get away with it yet. But you, you, you will, by the way, we're going to put on our Getter page, G-E-T-T-R, sign up, please, so you can follow and read the articles that we talk about uh, from Gateway Pundit, who's been so faithful to follow this, crying Capitol Police Officer Aquilino Ganell, humiliated as he's caught in lie after lie under oath. There's even a video. So um, just keep that in mind, and that's something that you might want to see. Um, well, yesterday we talked a lot about the election of the new president, uh, prime minister of Italy. And if you weren't, if you didn't tune in, in general, let's just say uh, this woman is incredible. She, uh, she, her motto is, I see um, God, a family and uh, God, country and family. And uh, so as a result of that, the press, the press, well, the press is kind of upset about this. By the way, you'll see that what we are experiencing here is worldwide. Uh, Let's listen to this montage. Voters in Italy tomorrow appear poised to make a hard right turn. The woman expected to become prime minister leads a party with roots in neo-fascism. The hallmarks of Italian fascism, like this motto. God, fatherland, and family. A far-right political party whose roots go back to post-World War II neo-fascists. Far-right political party whose roots go back to post-World War II neo-fascists. Roots in Italy's post-war fascist movement. Roots in Italy's 20th century neo-fascist movement. Maloney herself uh, was a a hardcore neo-fascist militant. Stunning because of Italy's disastrous history, the last time a hard-right party rose to power. The most far-right government in that country since Mussolini. Most right-wing government since Mussolini. Since Mussolini. A red flag if there ever was one, says Edith Brooke, a renowned poet and Holocaust survivor. Italy about to see the country's most right-wing government since World War II. Most far-right far right, far right government since World, World War II. II. Since the end of World War II. Maloney's win will probably send alarm bells throughout Europe. You know, it's alarming to a lot of people around Europe. Italy is revered for its history, but not all of that history is beautiful, and many fear that one particularly ugly chapter could soon repeat itself. All right, so there you go. So it's a fascist. She's just like Mussolini because, you know, she, uh, she criticized the European leaders for wanting them to remove the name of Jesus and Christ, any mention of God. Uh, she actually articulated that yesterday. We played the clips. Uh, she talks about how they want to control us and how they want to destroy family so that they control us, which is what I've told you and what she said because it's true. And so here's the irony. 
Are you ready for some irony? The former prime minister is a leftist. Okay, his name is Matteo Renzi. Matteo Renzi, well, had something to say about what's happening to his opponent, Giorgia Madini. Let's listen. That is not a danger for Italian democracy. Uh, she's uh, my rival. I, I'm rival. We will continue to uh, fight each other. But the ideas are now there is a risk uh, of fascism in Italy is absolutely a fake news. <laughs> Do, can you see how strong truth is? If people just stop being afraid and just speak the truth, how the lies just get shattered, that's her opponent. That was the leftist prime minister before her. And he said, this is just fake news. This is just fake news, he says in her defense. There is no danger of fascism or Muslim. There's nothing like that. She's not doing that. It's just fake news. I just think that's, oh, and it's a lesson. It's a lesson for all of us. Truth, truth, truth. Cling to the truth. Hold to the truth. Our God is a God of truth. And it remains, it's truth about everything. Um, one of the things I learned many years ago when I was growing in my faith, I still am growing in my faith. I don't plan to stop. But in the process of that early growth was learning that all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. Truth is truth. It's uh, what comports with what you see. Uh, comports with reality, then it's true. And the reason that matters is because people are getting confused about that. And because it, you may wonder, well, for instance, I'll give you an example. So you may wonder why, uh, like LSA atheists uh, can be very moral people. Um, and so how could that be? Isn't it just Christians and uh, serious Jews who are moral people, or, you know, ascribe to morality, Judeo-Christian morality? no. All truth is God's truth, and when, you know, for instance, if you uh, are married and you commit adultery, whether you're a Christian or not, it is devastating. It's God's truth that it's better that husbands and wives remain faithful and married and for their entire lives. That's God's truth. It's universal. It doesn't apply to just those of us that it's just God's best, God's Rules and laws and boundaries are best for mankind. So all truth is God's truth, whether it involves, you know, church-going Baptists or whether it involves, you know, atheists who actually subscribe to being faithful. And the same blessings come from that, at least earthly. So all truth is God's truth, and that's it has power. So don't, don't leave it. Don't equivocate. Pastors, don't hide. Don't take the easy path. Speak the truth. That's the only way we really will be free. Jesus said that. You will know the truth. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I know that it's true, and so let's just not be afraid. Speak out. Say what you think. You can do it in kindness, but don't not speak the truth. All right, so that's, um, that's what happened in Italy. Now, I want to tell you another story, because this is pretty, pretty scary, actually. Uh, yesterday, I, I knew this story, but I, ha I didn't get to it, and that is... There, the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines have been what they believe is sabotage. They're the ones that bring gas uh, from Russia to Germany and uh, Western Europe. And so, and it's getting ready to turn winter. So there were huge explosions in the Baltic Sea, uh, near the, in Swedish and Danish wa waters. And now people are wondering about sabotage. Tucker Carlson was on last night, and he floated a couple of ideas. They're pretty shocking. 
Pretty shocking, because he remembered that back in February, this is what Joe Biden said, clip five. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do you, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Now think about that. That sounded so bizarre, and because he is bizarre, people didn't really take it seriously. Um, but that's what he said. And she's stunned. Well, how, well uh, what? how would you do that? That's... How would you do that? And so if that's not enough, then Victoria Nuland, who's been <clears throat> with, the, with the State Department for years under Obama, uh, she made a statement in January that was similar, clip six. With regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies. And I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. Well, look, uh, we don't know what that means, but we know it was sabotaged and blown up. We know that it's polluting the ocean uh, with methane gas. Methane gas is what they claim, you know, is the, the big culprit in global, global warming, climate change. It's a horrible situation, and it's certainly a horrible situation for Europe. As they hurdle toward this winter. I, I'm just, I'm really, I'm grieved about this. This is a very big deal. Did Joe Biden order this ha to happen? Did he do that? Well, I don't know. Did that first comment that he made is pretty incriminating. And would we really do that to our West, uh, West Euro Western European partners as the uh, winter approaches? Would we do that? Would we do that? Well, they said they would do away with the pipeline, which would have done the same thing, even if, it, if we are not responsible for that sabotage. This is an incredible thing uh, that ha will have terrible repercussions for people all around the world. And so somebody, somebody was happy about this. You know, the people that want us to drive electric cars, maybe? The people that don't want us to use the fossil fuels? I don't know. Who do you think the criminal is? I don't know, but it's very serious. All right, well, changing the subject, you are in for just something encouraging, like a shot of, of encouragement and God's grace in this next uh, segment. Laura Perry-Smith, Smoltz, uh, joins us, uh, and uh, so stay tuned. Laura has such an incredible story. She was 10 years uh, living as a transgendered uh, man, and uh, I, um, or woman, I'm not, never quite sure how to say that, transgendered, she is a woman, and she was living as a man for 10 years. And her story is incredible. You won't want to miss this. It, it really is a story of God's miraculous intervention. Remember that he does miraculously intervene. So don't give up. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org.
Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected their brother, Lazarus, Martha and Mary hosted a dinner party in their Bethany home. You can imagine the excitement and the buzz that swirled through the town and the number of people who came because the rabbi had returned. Martha busied herself with preparations. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, basking in his teaching. Life's demands can easily consume our focus, but one thing is necessary, that we remain at Jesus' feet, anchored in his word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Sometimes you see a win, a glimpse of God in this broken world. Preborn rejoices in the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Preborn's mission is to love and help women in unplanned pregnancies by offering them the truth to help them make the right choice by providing free ultrasounds. You see, when an expectant mom hears her baby's heartbeat and sees the image of her baby on ultrasound, she's seeing a life created in God's image, and it's a divine connection. And I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry. And it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. To learn more about Preborn's life-saving work, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. For decades, a vast army of Chinese Communist Party computer hackers has been waging cyber warfare against the U.S. electric grid and other sensitive military and civilian networks and databases. But the CCP's top propaganda outlet, People's Daily, claims that America's super-secret national security agency was successful last June in, quote, infiltrating and controlling the core equipment of China's infrastructure and stealing private data from Chinese users, unquote. If true, this would be among the first public indications that the United States is actually fighting back against the unrestricted warfare the CCP has waged against this country for over two decades. We, too, can now weaponize such information, including that of large numbers of Chinese nationals with, quote, sensitive identities, unquote. It's high time our mortal enemy is decisively punished for its aggression to date and hopefully deterred from engaging in still worse down the road. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. And of course, um, we have plenty of bad news, but I'm telling you this story uh, is just a miracle from the hand of God. 
uh, the next story, my next guest. And I'm just eager to tell the story and to encourage your hearts with it. Because keep in mind, no matter what's happening in the headlines or in our country, our God is still very much at work, even if it doesn't make the headlines. We don't always see it. You know, two years ago, just about, we produced, meaning AFA Studios, a movie called In His Image. And it talked about God's design for sexuality. It was powerful. It still is a powerful movie. And you can watch it, by the way, at inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie. Uh, but um, one of the stars of that movie was a girl named Laura Perry at the time. Uh, Laura has an incredible story to tell, and we're going to tell at least part of it. Uh, but it, let me just say that now she is Laura Perry Smaltz as of like May of this year. Is that right, Laura? Yes, uh, May 14th. Well, and when they hear your story, they're going to know why this is the hand of God. So, uh, Laura, let me, um, you were, uh, you were nine years living as a transgendered person. And as yeah. I recall the story from In His Image, your mother, who was a, uh, a very sincere believer in Christ, uh, was heartbroken and prayed and, and included her Bible study to pray for you every single day. And uh, a miracle happened. So, The short form of that story is: you said you were kind of you were out of touch with God, even though you were in church. Your mother was a strong Christian for like twenty years, really. Yeah, and uh, well, I had been raised in church, and I was raised in Christian school, and heard about Jesus all the time, and I was, you know, in Bible drill, every little program they had, but I just never really knew Jesus. I never had that personal relationship, and when I was a teenager, I walked away from the Lord. Uh, really ran away from the Lord. And I had a lot of rebellion before I even went into the trans lifestyle. So for about 10 years, I wanted nothing to do with God. And I I was uh, wanted to be the opposite of a Christian. There were times I was praying to Satan, asking Satan to keep people from coming to know Jesus Ugh. because I was so angry. And so this was a lot more than... So sometimes uh, I think God has given me a heart for parents of prodigals. Um, and I was in just a lot of different lifestyles. Well, I have searching. to say just... To make this practical, I don't need to explain this really, but I think parents everywhere listening are realizing the pull on pull on their children in this issue. Uh, I'm just to, to bring in some headlines. We now know that Vanderbilt University in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and there's a big uh, hospital in um, Wisconsin. They are performing these surgeries. They're removing breasts from adolescent girls, mm. and they are adding uh, male parts to adolescent girls who want to be boys. They're, they're giving hormones. It's horrible. And I just read this this morning. I don't know if you've seen this, Laura, but uh, they are now in schools. They are they are putting together these special closets. Uh, they're calling them gender-affirming closets. They stock tucking tape, chest binders, wow. and stand-to-pee devices. Uh, and so they are libraries, children's hospitals, and LGBTQ organizations are partnering with school districts to provide money and resources to build gender-affirming closets in the public institutions. Materials provided to students aid them in gender transition by mimicking the other sex. There are things like they're giving, they're giving them makeup, uh, all kinds of stuff. I, it, there's more to the article. But that's how bad it is. And that is what our children are facing and many people, uh, Laura, are already just brokenhearted over their kids uh, going this direction. And your story stands as an incredible uh, example of hope. Because your mother prayed for you for a long time, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And I'm that article is just heartbreaking. I hadn't even heard that. 
but yeah, my um, my mom and my dad too. I, I talk about my mom more because there was there was such incredible transformation in her. Um, both of them really were changed by the Lord. Um, but my mom and I had had such a difficult relationship growing up. But as the Lord, as she really began to surrender me into the Lord's hands and just begin to pray for me and and allow the Lord to work in me instead of her trying to fix me. Um, he began to do a work in both of us and he began to draw me to himself. So after nine years of living that lifestyle, I actually got saved at about seven years in the lifestyle. And then for a year and a half, I was stubbornly trying to live as a man of God. Um, but the Lord really delivered me. But, you know, initially I, I really thought that I would always feel that way. I didn't think I would ever look like a girl. I didn't think I'd ever feel like a girl. It's like, I'm going to obey Christ because I, I, um, I, I want to, um, I want to live for God. But I didn't have any hope of transformation. But as but as I sought the Lord, I was amazed at how He began to transform me and heal me. And I just had no idea the healing that He had in store for me. Um, and then uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, the Lord brought this amazing man into my life, and um, just He really began to uh, pursue me. And we had and we knew within like a month of dating that God had brought us together. And so we got married last May and it's just been such an incredible story of um, not only redemption, but transformation and restoration. Yeah. Well, isn't that just like God? And I think of course of the verse of how God gives us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. You never Amen. thought it was possible. And now God's giving, and he's a good looking guy, by the way, I've seen his picture he is, here. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so, um, Laura, uh, well, let me just, let's get practical here, because one of the reasons you and I are talking today is because out of the uh, growth of the uh, In His Image movie, which is, by the way, inhisimagemovie.com is where you go to get this uh, and watch the movie, is a prodigal prayer guide. Because for anyone listening who has a family member uh, or a friend or a neighbor who's going through this or anyone, this is, uh, and they're Christians, this prodigal, prodigal prayer guide is something that would help. It's a tool to help you. How would it help, Laura? What, is it, what does it do? I mean, we could pray without a guide. What, what does this do? Sure. It, it, um, it helps people walk through the scriptures, praying for them. And I think, I mean, sure, we could, we could pray without the guide. But I think sometimes I hear from a lot of parents that get tired of praying the same prayers. Um, and I think this just gives them some, uh, some help really praying through the scripture. And that's good for two reasons. One, you're praying the scripture over your child, but you're also, um, praying the, or you're speaking the scripture over yourself and it helps you remember those promises that God has given. So I think it's incredibly encouraging in that way. Okay. Let me repeat. You can get that prodigal prayer guide and in his image dot movie in his image dot movie. And Laura, I'm guessing this now your situation was chant tra you were a transgendered uh, person but now you're not now you've uh, now you're identifying as a girl because that's the way you were born uh, but lots of people are struggling with their their children going into homosexuality it sounds oh so quaint now doesn't it so simple so quaint since we've moved along you know I'm being facetious but the the heartbreak of that was that is that a good prodigal prayer guide good for those parents of those children also yeah, I, I think it's really good for, for any kind of parent. It's not specific to a certain thing. Um, it really is focused on children who have walked away from the Lord. So what, whatever that might be, I, I think it's okay. good for that. Okay, well, good. Well, that's I'm glad we clarified that. So any of you who have children that, listen, there's a long list right now, Laura. There's so much tension between parents and children. 
right. over political views, over COVID, over grandchildren. It's just horrific, the division in families. And so a prodigal prayer guide, again, you can go to inhisimage.movie uh, to get that. Uh, let me just ask you a couple of things now. Um, Walt Heyer is a good friend of mine, Laura, and I bet you know him or know of him for sure. He's a former transgendered man. Yes, yes, I do know Walt Heyer. I haven't met him in person. Um, I've, uh, I've spoken to him over email uh, a few times, and I just, I really think the world of him. He's been doing this ministry for a very long time, and yeah. he runs a website called sexchangeregret.com, yes. and yes. he's had, um, I don't know what the numbers are now, but I know he's had over 100,000 people come to the website, and he's had thousands reach out to him personally. Yes, and uh, one of the things that Walt says uh, that you say in your testimony, because I was reading it, is once you made all those changes, uh, I had a good friend who did this too, by the way, so I have some personal experience with this. Once you do all of that, you think it's going to be euphoria, because I I read a book uh, written by a Northwestern professor when my friend was doing this called The Gender Benders, and it was all, you know, it was all... Oh, sunshine and roses. This finally, mm-hmm. you'd get through this and it will be Valhalla. It will be wonderful. But when you got through all of that, was it, what was it like? Did you have some euphoria initially? Oh, initially, yeah. I mean, it's really weird. It's almost like taking drugs, you know, because you're in all this pain for whatever reason. And it, it can be a, a variety of things. And I think there's even more variety of reasons now that this is pushed so much in the media. It, you used to be able to pinpoint it a little more. Um, but now there's just, this is just planting ideas in kids that they might not have had before, but, um, you know, whatever it might be, um, there, and there's some kind of emotional pain, some kind of a reason you want to go into this. So when you start taking these hormones or whatever it might be, there's this euphoria and you think, wow, this is, um, this is solving all my problems. But then you realize initially that it's not real. But you think, well, it will be real once I once I take these hormones long enough, once I have these surgeries, once I do whatever it might be. But then when you have those surgeries and you have those things and you're kind of fully transitioned and everybody around you believes it and you still know it's fake, it can be, it's really devastating. And that's kind of the point I got to is like, okay, everybody around me believes this is real and I've had these surgeries. I never had the, uh, the genital reassignment, but I had the other surgeries. And you realize it's all fake. But I realized even with... Um, even if I had had the genital reassignment surgery, I realized one day I had a prosthetic that I was using and I thought, even if this was surgically attached to me, like this isn't real, it had to be, you know, there's just all kinds of problems with it. And it's like, this is never going to be real. I think that is the point. So then you end up living just everything is a lie. Everything is false. Everything is pretend. It's not reality, and I think it makes you crazy. I think pe- I think people get crazy. I think that's why. Yeah. I don't know if, how you feel about this, but I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, crime. Uh, they don't report much of it, but it seeps through. Transgenders, uh, they're just they they they're they're messed up mentally. I mean, you kind of lose yeah. it, and, and we all do that. If we lose it in one area of our lives, we kind of lose it. God brings a sound mind, and when we start coloring mm. outside of the lines, we lose our sound mind, and I. Uh, um, but okay, so you then decided to to live as a woman, um, and how, what was that transition like? Did you finally feel at home as a woman? Have you have you come to that point? 
I didn't initially, like I said, I, I just had no hope of transformation. But as I, um, as I sought the Lord and I began to let go of all the bitterness, I began to forgive my mom and others that had hurt me and God really began to heal me. And I was sort of okay with being a woman. And I thought, okay, I don't, I don't love being a biblical woman maybe, or, um, you know, but I wasn't fully embracing it at the time, but I thought I'm okay in this identity. But I was in a discipleship group and they decided to study on biblical womanhood, which was the last thing on earth I wanted to do. But <laughs> as we studied this, I began to see God's design of women and I began to see that his design was good and that he had a good plan for women. And so it really began to change my perspective. Um, and then even with like within his image, it actually helped me. Some of the other speakers, some of the things they said in that movie actually helped me even more to see God's design as good. And so I really started to embrace God's design of, of women as good. And I began to love being a woman. And since then, I have uh, God has given me a passion for teaching on his design of male and female. So I've really been studying this very hard for about a year and I found there's over 6,500 biological differences between men and women. Every single part of our body is designed differently. And it makes sense. We have our sex chromosomes in every single cell of the body. And so I, I'm just fascinated the more I study this. So now I'm at a point where there, there's not a, a cell in my body or a, a thought or fiber in my body that wants to be a man. Um, so I think I've really been healed from that. But there's there's still some fallout from all the trauma and all the sexual sin that I was in, you know, it took a long time to, to learn to trust my husband, Perry. Um, but I think God is really healing that as well. Learning to, to forgive the men that hurt me and also to not look at him through the lens of the men in my past. Well, you know, to trust him. I don't probably need to remind you, but remember that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Amen. Look what he's done. When you start doubting that, you look back and you see what he's done, Laura. It's incredible, incredible. And so you know he's going to finish it if he started it that way. So keep that in mind. Laura Perry Smaltz, now married as of May of 2022. Uh, God bless your husband. Tell him we said hi. It'd be great to meet him sometime. And this prodigal prayer guide, if you have someone in your life who's uh, just rebelled from the family for any reason, you can get the prodigal prayer guide at inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie, and watch the movie while you're there. In His Image, it's great. You will you will enjoy it and be enriched by the, the just the knowledge of what God's design for male and female is. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.